This edition of Nation Talk is being brought to you by Scotiabank. Respecting your past, trusting your future. Think what we can achieve together. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Nation Talk. On the show today, we have Regional Chief of the Chiefs of Ontario, Stan Beardy. From the Idle No More movement to Attawapiskat Chief Teresa Spence's hunger strike, First Nations issues are front and centre on the national stage. Regional Chief Beardy, thank you for making the time to be with us here today on Nation Talk. I'm glad to be here with you. It's a pleasure. Now, Regional Chief, how would you describe the mood of First Nations peoples right now? What I'm getting on the ground is there's a lot of frustration, a lot of anger on the ground. And and that's the result of what the Canadian government is doing to First Nations people. There's a suite of legislation coming down that will have direct impact on the lives of people today and more so in the future. Our lands and resources are being given away by the Canadian government without any consultation, none whatsoever. Now, many of our listeners will by now have heard of the Idle No More movement. Can you tell us what it is and what does that represent? I think the Idle No More movement is the grassroots people, the rights holders, exercising their rights, their legal rights, their constitutional rights, their Aboriginal treaty rights, and their basic human rights. And when the courts of the land, Supreme Court, makes a ruling on the rights of First Nations people, its, it's ruling is on the rights holders, which are grassroots people. The political elected leadership are there to support the grassroots people. And I think it's very significant because the elected leadership have tried their best to try to make improvements on the quality of life for our people for many years now, and it's not having any success with the governments of the land. As a matter of fact, things are getting worse. And I think we've reached a point, a point in time where the people on the ground, idle no more, will have to stand up for what's rightfully theirs and we have to fight. Nothing comes without a struggle. And I think we all understand that and that's what's happening today. The demographic of First Nations clearly shows that more than 50% of the people are under the age of 25. Do you see the Idle No More movement as an opportunity for social media to transform young First Nations people into a new force for political change? I think when we look back in the history, in many cases we made treaties with the Crown 100, 200 years ago. And when we look back last 100 years, in many situations, in many places, our people were basically living as they have for thousands of years. We didn't know any better. We were relatively comfortable in our own setting. But the year 2012, a lot of our young people are educated. They understand what was agreed to when we made treaties. And that is, we would share the land from time to time, implying that there has to be proper consultation. They also understand from the treaty making that we agreed, two parties, the Crown and us, that we would share in the wealth created from our lands. And that is not happening at all. So I think with our young people at 50 to 70 percent under the age of 25, with social media and technology, we have the means 
to mobilize our people, and that is what's happening. Our people are exercising their inherent rights. Now, do you see, because we know that First Nations people in this country, that the media does not report so much of what goes on, and that do you see possibly that the new media is eclipsing the actual old media and getting the voice out there? Because, you know, we don't hear the stories. We don't hear the positive stories. We hear the negative. We don't see First Nations side of the story in mainstream media the way it should be. Do you think that possibly the new social media will eclipse that messaging? Well, I think that's part of our advantage. As I mentioned, we have many of our young people that are very well educated now. We have lawyers. We have a lot of PhDs out there that understand how to utilize the tools of the colonizers, and part of that is technology. I think any time there is a, a fundamental shift on people's rights, on social conditions, it has to come from the grassroots. And I think all we're doing here is uh, taking advantage of what is available to everybody and what is available to First Nations in terms of social media. We know that uh, conventional media outlets are governed by the governments, they're licensed, and I think in many cases they're uh, influenced by the governments, what they can report and how they report. So I think it's up to us as First Nation people to familiarize ourselves what the situation is, what the solutions are, and how we're going to stand up for our rights. Recently on CBC's Power and Politics, in an interview with the Governor General, a year-end interview, Attawapiskat Chief Teresa Spence's hunger strike was only referenced after the host and the Governor General talked at length about the state of hockey in Canada. Do you think Canadians understand the dire importance of the sacrifice that Chief Spence's hunger strike is in relation to the extreme poverty of First Nations people and this government's willingness to break their own laws and not live up to their constitutional obligations and Supreme Court rulings? I think one of the tactics of the colonizer, the settler government, is that, as I mentioned, we've made treaties with the Crown for the last 100, 200, 300 years in what is now known as Canada. And those treaties are legally binding. It sets out conditions of relationships between different parties, in this case, the Crown and us. And if you look at the history books, there's no reference about those treaties in any of the textbooks that are being used in classroom instruction. So therefore, the Canadians aren't aware of historical relationships of First Nation people, the contributions we have made, the sacrifices we have made to contribute to what Canada is today. So it's not surprising that year 2012, the, the, the mentality is still there that whatever we do, our situation, our conditions are, are of no importance to the Canadian government. And I think that's why there's such frustration and anger that we are being ignored as they have done for a hundred or so years they're still attempting to hide the truth from their citizens Regional Chief Beardy, how do you feel about Chief Spence's hunger strike? I went to Syria yesterday, last night I went with a national chief and a couple other regional chiefs, one from Atlantic one from Manitoba and myself we went to sit down at the campfire with Chief Spence. Two things 
One is that what she's doing is galvanizing the country. It's pulling the, the elected leadership, grassroots, ordinary people together to the common cause that we have a challenge, an obstacle before us, which is the way which is the way the Canadian government is treating us. Two is that there is lack of respect and meaningful relationship with, with the Crown in regards to the treaty implementation and treaty understandings. And the, the main point of why the chief is on hunger strike is that she wants better relations with everybody in Canada because only by having positive relations can we have economic certainty, which the rest of the Canadian society needs with full participation of First Nation people. So when I see her having gone 10 days or so without any food, I understand the struggle that we're facing. And it is very real, it is very serious, and it is very scary. So I pray for her well-being and I pray for a positive outcome of the struggle that we're engaged in. Now, you know, when we speak about the positive struggle, is there truly a positive message that Canadians should be taking away with them when they see First Nations standing up for the environment, for social justice, education, just a few things? Is there a positive message that the average non-Native Canadian can take away from so much of this galvanization of our struggles? Yeah, I think it's not just a positive message. I think what the leadership and the rights holders and the First Nation people are saying in Canada is that it is no longer possible to exclude First Nation people in the global economy and the economy of the country. That unless they fully participate, can there be economic certainty for economic stability for the country. I think foremost that's what is happening here, that without... First Nations inclusion of politics, of economy, of social changes, that is going to be very, very difficult to have any sense of economic certainty in terms of foreign investors' investment to continue to create wealth in Canada. And I think the Canadians need to understand that, that we're not against anybody. We just cannot continue to survive under the Canadian government and the way we're being treated, that we're denied our basic human rights, we're denied of our rightful place in Canada, and we're denied of our future of our children. And on that very positive note, I just want to say, Chief Miigwech to you, Regional Chief Beardy, thank you so much for taking the time to give us these updates on very, very important issues here today on Nation Talk. Yeah, Chief Miigwech. This edition of Nation Talk has been brought to you by Scotiabank. Respecting your past, trusting your future. Think what we can achieve together.